So, thank you for letting me interview you, Kaylee. It's a pleasure. First question. Why do you want to do this interview? I think I wanted to do this interview because even if it's if it's not me that's the maverick, I think the idea, the idea is, and the idea of the street store is something that I think should um, spread. And in doing so, allows other people to rethink that the way they look things and try and look at what they do in their lives in a different way, in the same way that we did. It's all about changing the way you perceive things and the way that you look at things and you, the way you think things should be done in order to come up with a unique and innovative way of doing it because that's how you solve problems. Okay. Um, so I'd like to see that inspire other people to do the same. Okay. How would you define a maverick? Oh, that's what I asked you. Um, I define a maverick as a person who has a different way of looking at things, mm -hmm. not just the world around them, but themselves as well. So in my mind, it's I'm a copywriter at an advertising agency, but I'm not limited to that. Just because I studied it doesn't mean I have to limit myself or the way I think to being a copywriter at an advertising agency. And by opening your mind, you, can, you, you allow yourself to do so much more, like start... Uh, an organization in, as part of your day-to-day -day job and um, so yeah it's someone who just thinks differently okay the london school of economics developed a maverickism scale i'm going to give you seven statements and you just need to say true false can't decide people tell me that i'm a maverick or words to that effect true i have a knack for getting things right when least expected False. I have a way of solving problems, which is different from other people. True. I'm much more productive than other people. True. <laughs> I have very unusual talents. False. I'm generally underestimated by people. True. Actually, no. False. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. False. What if the question was, I do things differently? True. Okay. Why do you do things differently? To stand out, you have to be different. Mm -hmm. That is what we're taught in our industry. It's advertising. People are, are suffocated by messaging. And in order to stand out and make a difference, whether you're selling a beer or, or sanitary products or soap, if you want to stand out, you have to be different. Um, and in each, each um, market that you work in, that difference varies. Um, it might not be changing the world when you're selling soap, but you have to change the way people look at soap. Okay. So in everything that you do, you have to be different, otherwise you're just going to get be unnoticed. Okay. Can you give me an example of what you do differently and how? I mean, you can use the, the street store if you want. Or just in general. Oh. Um, Remember, this is on business, so... No, of course. Um, in each project that we're given, or that we, we look at, it's not just about taking the, the easy route. 
It's not just the way that you would think it should be done. It's about looking at it and seeing what everyone else is doing, looking at all the all the competitors and saying what is the complete opposite way that everyone will do it, but without scaring them away. And it's and it's about finding that little niche where you can be noticed and have an impact without alienating anyone. I think that's a very important place to find yourself. Right. Is what you do equated with the bottom line or something else? Oh, 100%. Um, in everything that we do, MNC Saatchi Abel, which is where I work, it, everything is about effectiveness. Okay. Um, creativity that reaps effective reward is incredible. Right. But if, if, you're not, if you're not giving your client what they need and you're not increasing their bottom line, then you're not doing your job. Okay. And, the same, we did the same with the street store. Um, we looked at our clients, the Haven Art Shelter, and they needed not just to increase donations, they needed to increase awareness um, and make people more aware, not just of them, but of the homeless. And in doing a cold, um, old-fashioned uh, clothing drive, yes, you could probably guilt a few people into giving, but you weren't going to change anyone's perception. You weren't going to change things going forward. So by doing something completely different, by creating a separate entity, the street store, we were able to change perceptions now and in the future so that people actually brought the homeless and their plants to front of mind. Okay. Is any part of being a maverick to do with autonomy over your life? I don't think so. I think in a, personal, in a personal capacity, you have to have complete control of what you want to do and what you're thinking and know who you are and where you're going. Okay. But at the same time, be willing to, to listen and learn from others. Okay. Um, because that's the only way that you can grow. Um, autonomy in, in, in our work is we've done the complete different, opposite. Different. We've done the complete opposite. Um, in the advertising industry, everything is about your idea and keeping it close and and holding onto that thing so tightly because all you have is your big idea. Yeah. And we did the opposite. We gave it away. Right. Uh, and by going open source and allowing people around the world to host street stores and do it their own way, um, not only have we gone against the ideals of the industry and the way that that industry works, but it's allowed us to make it even better. Okay. And we found since then... Just, I'm, I'm digressing, I'm no, sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> Since the street store, since we, we showed people that open source works, we've had two organizations contact us to tell us that they were going to do the same in their capacity. Wonderful. Because they were limiting themselves by holding on so tight to their idea. Yeah, yeah. Does doing things differently require certain skills, talents or mindsets? And if so, what are they? It certainly requires a mindset change because your immediate way of thinking is the obvious okay the obvious is the way you go immediately because it, it seems to it, it, just life and society and the norm and everything around you pushes you in that direction and you see it so often when you have different teams working on the same project often their first ideas will be exactly the same and it's only once you push yourself to, to get out of that mindset that you actually come up with something unique. Okay. And I think it's a talent to be able to do that. So those time, t uh, mindset and talent are, are linked there in that okay. way. Okay. What are the challenges to being a maverick? So you said mavericks are people who think differently. What are the challenges? It's terrifying to think differently because 
difference is scary. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time people don't take it seriously because they are nervous mm-hmm. and they're wary of whether it's going to work. And we saw it in our we saw it in ourselves. Um, we came up with the idea around October last year. And it took us four months to actually go and do it. Right. Because we didn't think it would work. Mm-hmm. We thought that no one would arrive to make a donation. We thought that the homeless wouldn't come. We thought that they would be fighting. And we were just worried that our strange idea would backfire. Okay. And it didn't. Wonderful. And it's only once you get over that fear and the worry that other people are going to judge you negatively or not judge you at all and just ignore you that you can actually do something. Okay. What's, what's been the lowest point of your journey as a maverick? With regards to the street store, nothing. There's not been a low point. Okay. Every single step of this journey has been eye-opening. It has been absolutely life-changing. Okay. Um, in life, in general, um, low points as a maverick... <laughs> Uh, it's having your ideas bombed because people are too worried that they aren't going to work. Okay. And having to convince them that you're right, and sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's quite funny because um, there are no guarantees in life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And also, you know, when you come up with something and you worry that it's, it, the world isn't ready for it, and so you leave it and then someone else does it. <laughs> oh, yes. I, like, I should have just done it back then. Yeah, yeah. And made by millions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what aspects of your personality or character influence your maverick approach? I think an openness to to other people mm-hmm. and other ways of thinking and not I'm I'm a little bit O C D so I I get very stuck on the details and in the details there's a lot of logic. And I love logic more than anything. And it's like looking at things from a logical point of view, not necessarily a generic point of view, and saying, well, if that works, then why don't we just flip it around and and do it logically backwards? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense. (laughs) Backwards logic. Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. Are you born or bred a maverick? I think you're born with the qualities and then those are brought out of you with the right people. Okay. Do you think your childhood in any way impacted on your being a maverick? I think so, yes. Um, I'm, in South Africa, it's called a lat lamaki, which means directly like- translated as a late lamb. Um, my siblings are 17 years older than me and 16 years older than me. So I had to be a grown-up before I was because I was the only child around and I was around adults all the time. And I think that what it did is it it made me the logical person I am Mm -hmm. in a way and it made me think of things differently because back then I couldn't be – I couldn't act like a child. I had to act like an adult. Right. And in that same way, now, when I look at things, I don't, I don't look at them as me. I look at them as whoever that person may be. Okay, okay. How these, are quite, these are quite hectic questions. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, they're quite... Quite, quite, quite thorough questions. Well, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a thorough piece of work. Am um, I doing okay? <laughs> you're doing fine. You're doing fine. How is your enthusiasm and drive and energy related to being a maverick? 
I'm completely obsessed with everything I do. Um, I, I will not sleep. I will not go out. I will not eat because I have to make it happen. And if it's, especially after the street store was on Upworthy, um, which has over nearly 7 million fans on Facebook, I was inundated with thousands and thousands and thousands of emails and Facebook messages and tweets. And That's where I found you, by the way. Uh, on Upworthy. <laughs> I'm trying so, to act. I'm trying to actually interview. I want to interview Upworthy. Upworthy, awesome. Um, So after that, we were inundated. And people think that because of the way that it's grown in such a short period of time, people assume that we're a big organization. But there's two of us. And I respond to every single message personally. And I reply to everyone. And if it wasn't for my obsession and dedication and my unrelenting need to make people feel they're a part of it, it wouldn't have carried on. I feel like I'm sounding egotistical. And no, I really don't no, need no, to no, be no. you're just being honest. That is fine. Okay. Seriously. Okay. This is, it is one of those interviews where people say at the end, nobody's ever asked me this stuff. <laughs> and, and, and hopefully, you know, most people have said they've, got, they've learned about themselves in the yeah. <laughs> How do you see rules? Excuse me? How do you see rules? Oh, rules. I, I don't believe in rules in the same way as that you've got to look at things differently. Yeah. Um, rules are what structure you. Rules are what make you think in the box. Um, myself and my partner, Max, we did a TED Talk earlier this year, and our topic was forget who you are, which was literally about forgetting the rules that you feel are imposed upon you. Okay. And it's, it, forgetting those rules works in every single part of your life it's forgetting the rule that I'm just a copywriter forgetting the rule that I am just a 25 year old who can't go and do whatever it is that I want to do it's forgetting the rule that I who says two advertising people can't start a movement yep who says it has to be a charity that helps the homeless who says that you have to help the homeless by somehow giving them a job, which you can't do to everyone. Who says all of these things? And by breaking those rules, again, you create something completely different. Who says a children's nurse who stood in a university for 10 years teaching people how to look after their kids, yeah, couldn't exactly. become somebody who wrote a book about business mavericks? <laughs> I'm with you, girlfriend. Okay. I mean, I, I read something a while ago that said that's, our schooling system is, is, is what creates these rules and the way that um, the way that we feel things have to be because everything's so compartmentalized and so segmented and you, you can't you can't link different ideas because you're told that English goes here and geography goes yes, there. It's yes. all different parts of your life. And it's only when you kind of connect those dots and you bring two completely different things together or three or four or five or six things together mm. that you can create this difference. Exactly. And I think that's that's what we try and do. And the street store and going through the process of creating the street store has changed every single job I've done since. since. Okay. Because it's just one of my jobs. I work on a lot of different clients. Okay. And now I want to create that same innovation in everything that I do. Okay. So that takes me nicely to the next question. Have you always oh, taken you. have you always taken a maverick approach to business or was there a particular trigger? I think I've tried. I'm new to this industry. I've only been working for three years. Um, 
in my first year um, was maybe my first instance of this maverick business. Um, I, we created an app called Remember Me Not. And what it did is it pulled in all your Facebook content and recreated your Facebook profile in a video, but slowly made everything about your life disappear. It all faded away. And it was showing you at the end, it said, you can't cure dementia, but you can understand it. Wow. So go to this website, our client, Dementia South Africa, and learn more so that you can help make a difference in the lives of those who have it. And that was my first baby, as they yeah, say. Yeah, it was my yeah. first baby. I've always been very, very... We sell a lot of stuff in advertising. So I've always been very partial to working on nonprofits and for charities. So that was my first, I suppose, maverick moment okay. where it was looking at it differently. Old people have dementia. What have old people with dementia got to do with social media and Facebook? Yeah. But the thing is that it's, it's not the old people you've got to target. It's the ones on Facebook who need to change their, the way that they look at things. It's not just an old person who can't remember your name anymore. It's a person. Wow. I've just realized I keep trying to make people realize that other people are people. See, you made me realize something. Write it down now. <laughs> have you got a pencil and paper? I have. Write it down because you'll miss that. I'm, pa I'm pausing while you write that down. I can't believe it. That is so strange. <laughs> That's not strange. That's called... Um, it's called a moment of incitement. I did. I just had. I'm just trying to find a piece of paper so I don't write on this table. I'm writing on right, the desk. No, no. Write it. Tell it to me because I'll email it to you. What is it? Yeah, no, I've got it. I've got it on my paper. Well, you were right. I did realise something about myself. Okay, I'm back. Okay. <laughs> Are you always a maverick or do you choose to be so at times and why? I think you always are, but you only have certain instances where it can come through. Okay. I mean, you can't drive to work like a maverick. And you can't cook. I suppose you can cook like a maverick. <laughs> you, you, you can't do it in every instance in your life, but it's just the way, the, the way you are and the person you want to be. Okay. And then you have instances where you're allowed to happen. Okay. And do you turn your, do you turn the dial up and down on your maverickism level? So, for example, at the moment, you're talking to somebody who's interviewing mavericks around the world. I can be 10 out of 10. <laughs> but then you might go in, your next meeting might be in a boardroom with very conservative, of a very conservative company who wants you to do some PR for them. I better tone it down to a three. I don't think you can handle any more than that. For example, that, so do you, is there a dial? There is a dial. Um, you know what people can handle and you know what's worth pushing and what's not worth pushing. Sometimes they literally just want um, a flyer and you can push for the world's most incredible flyer, but at the end of the day, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's not what they need. Um, and that's where you've got to see what, what, what battles are worth fighting. Okay. Um, and if your maverickism is purely for your desire to prove that you are one and not because the client needs that piece of maverick work, means that you're looking at yourself rather than their needs. Excellent. That's really insightful. Is this, is this, is this choice 
of turning the dial up and down or being a maverick or not being a maverick, is that conscious or unconscious decision? Um, it's unconscious. Okay. What are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? Um, disadvantage is that you're expected to be incredible all the time. You're expected to come up with new ideas all the time. Yeah. And that's one of the most terrifying things in the world. Um, there's a movie called Art and Copy. What's it called? I don't know. Art and Copy. Okay. And it's about art directors and copywriters. Right. And um, the opening line, I've actually got it saved in my desktop because I'm obsessed with it. Okay. The opening line of this movie, um, it's a documentary, is um, by Hal Riney. He's um, an advertising, an ad man, one of the world's biggest ad man. It's the frightening and most difficult thing about being what someone calls a creative person is that you have absolutely no idea where any of your thoughts come from, really. And especially, you don't have any idea where the next is going to come from. And that is what it's like. And I think this idea of being a maverick is very much linked to being a creative human being. In that yeah, it's, we're heading that way. It's terrifying. If you don't come up with another idea, now what? Yeah, Who are you? Were, you, were yeah. you that one-trick pony? Like, I, I, I feel like a two-trick pony. I did the dementia thing, and now I've done this night shelter thing, and what's next? And if I don't come up with the next, then was, I, was it a fluke? You know, I interviewed somebody at Shell Oil, and what he said was, you're only as good as your last product. Yes, exactly. So that's kind of like, yeah. So it's, you're only as good as your last idea. Okay. So and you can have an incredible one, and you can get all the advertising when you get advertising awards. You can have all the awards in the world for that one thing, but if you never do anything again, it's just, you, you come across as a fluke. Yeah, and yeah I get that. So, then, so, now I'm, so now I'm a two-trick pony, so I need to find my third trick. <laughs> okay. And so that's the disadvantages. What are the advantages of being a maverick? That you have the opportunities to do amazing things. Um, the end. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully inspire people to do it as well. Yeah. I mean, I, that sounds so cliche, but it's true. Yeah. That's why by going open source, we wanted people to take it on and whether they actually have a street store of their own or they come up with their own idea to change the world, we, we encourage it and we'll share it and we'll help them get it out there. And, like, we just want people to, to make a difference. Okay. Has age and experience altered your maverick approach? If so, <laughs> how have you grown? Age? No. <laughs> experience? Um, <laughs> give me a few more years. Um, experience, yes. I think my very few, my three years in the advertising industry, I've learned a huge amount, not just about advertising, but about people, because you have to know the people you're advertising to. Okay. And you've got to, you've got to learn about them and you've got to meet them and interact with them. Can I say and, something? Yeah. Isn't the thing that you wrote on the piece of paper the way you've grown? So say that out again. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's so true. I, but that's but that's my need to to change the way that people look at others around them. And I suppose I've learned that that people are people. 
Yeah. And you've got to talk to them like people. You know what? It, it never fails to amaze me, but people seem to see suits and he's a lawyer and he's an accountant and he's from this big PR company and he's this. But you know the first thing that people should see that that's just another human being, mm. shouldn't they? Exactly. Or maybe I'm missing the plot. No, 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 you're right. <laughs> what aspects of your business are you most maverick in? Wow. Not the whole thing. <laughs> okay. No, it's just the, the the fact that it isn't my business. It's anyone's business. Okay. When talking about the street store specifically, right. it's anybody's. Anyone okay. can be a part of it. Wow. And okay. allowing that, I think, is, is quite a big thing. Yeah. And, I mean, we've had over 1,500 applications so far. And people say, is it okay for us to change the logo and put our name and this and that? Sure, go for it. Chuck it on. It's okay because at the end of the day, you're helping people and helping us spread the word and make a difference. What aspects of your business are you least maverick in? What do you do just like everybody else? I use Google Translate a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm struggling with Spain. Okay. <laughs> the, 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 the Spanish is, is, is I'm, I'm struggling. Okay. What am I least maverick about? Um, I don't think it's particularly maverick to not be able to delegate. Okay. I think a true maverick would be able to delegate and allow people to help and be able to let go and I can't and I struggle with that immensely because if someone makes a mistake I'd rather it be me okay. um, and I think I, I do I need to let go because when you have one human being responding to thousands of emails it's quite a slow process and, by, slow and process. not a very efficient one but I feel like I need to talk to people okay. I feel like I want to be a part of the, their process and not in an ownership sort of way, mm. not in like a this is mine yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of way. In a I'm so grateful to them, I want to respond to them. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if that's the right answer, but that's how it feels. There are no wrong answers, Kaylee. Okay. <laughs> how do you balance being a maverick with home life? Um, I'm learning the balance. I work a lot. Mm -hmm. I also, because I work at MNC, obviously, and then there's the street store, which has taken up a lot of time. And then, oh, I have and then on, on the side of that, you also um, work, you are also the founder of... The Haven. Okay, the agency's client is the Haven Night Shelter. Yep. We came up with this idea to create the street store. And so the agency allowed it, made it part of our job, to create this thing. Right. And so the agency um, owns it. Yeah. And we run it within the agency. Right. So when I'm writing your name, for example, in the back of the book, I write down Kaylee Levitan, founder of the street store. That's okay. Yes. Co. Co-founder. Co-founder. Yeah. Yeah. I know. The partner. Rather yes, than yes. saying um, copywriter at... Um, and Sachi. M and Sachi. I mean, obviously, it would oh, be great. Both. To yes, no, that would be cool. Because they, it would be, uh, we wouldn't have been able to create it without them. They gave us the resources, they gave us the time. I mean, okay. the hours spent on it and everything. Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind? 
I didn't know I wanted to leave behind the legacy until this. Okay, um, And now it somehow has become the legacy. We are, we had the idea and we thought it was cool. If it wasn't for the fact that we liked it, we would never have done it. We did not expect people to be so positive about it and to so overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. And we never expected it to become this big. Okay. And when it did, it, a legacy kind of fell in our laps. And it was phenomenal because we'd never expected it. It was never our goal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's quite important. When your goal is not to create something for yourself, it's to create something for someone else, mm-hmm. you're not too concerned about what happens and what your role in it is. Okay. It's more about making a difference. And I think that let us have our eyes, I mean, it opened our eyes to, to the, what we needed to do rather than what we thought we needed to do in order to better ourselves. Yeah, okay. How much, if anything, of being a maverick is relating to give back or pay it forward? I don't think it's related. Okay. I think you choose for it to be related and it makes you better if it does, but not a better maverick, a better person. Okay. Mavericks tend to be risk takers. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business today? So I think... The street store itself was a massive risk. Yeah. We um, we started this thing. Our bosses said to us, "Go for it," and we went for it. And we could, that is the most amazing mug. It's enormous. <laughs> or is it just the angle of the camera? It, no, no, it's, it's, it's a big mug. So it make I don't, I'm really I'm really bad at drinking fluid. So this is my way to know I've drank. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so they told us they trusted us. And that was a massive risk on their behalf yes. to trust us and to give us the go ahead. They didn't. They didn't tie us down. They didn't. They didn't make us come in for review after review. And they didn't. They didn't check up on us all the time. They let us. They gave us freedom, wow. a huge amount of freedom, and we took it and we used it to our advantage. I mean, when we started promoting the street store on on social media, I did it in a way that was very mysterious at the beginning. It said a new kind of shop is coming to Cape Town. Right. Um, then a shop where money isn't money isn't needed. Somewhere where people who have nothing can get something. All this very mysterious kind of build-up. And suddenly we were trending nationwide and everyone wanted to know and we're doing interviews and all of this, but we're not telling anyone what it is. And so we had already created a buzz for something that didn't exist and our bosses called us in and said, please just make it work. Yeah. Well yeah. done. Make it work. Right. Okay. And that risk of just going for it and just doing it was enormous, but it was so worth it. So worth it. Okay. Because it did work. It could have failed. We could have sat on the side of the road with cardboard posters with a whole bunch of homeless people walking around us asking us what's going on. But the world came to the party. Excellent. But somebody had to throw the party, Kaylee, and that was you. <laughs> so, you said you've been working there for three years. So how many projects have you done in the last three years? Oh, gosh. Um, Roughly. hundred or so. Okay. And what would you consider are the characteristics of a successful project? Depends on what the client needs and what the end goal is. Okay, um, so each one of those is completely different. If you're not fulfilling those client needs, then you have failed. Um, so success is meeting the client's needs? 
going over and above the client's needs. Okay. And great success is doing it in a way where you get to create something that you are proud of too. Okay. I mean, a little a brochure that has no creativity in it or nothing particularly innovative that does the job like it should is equally as important as an innovative idea like the street store. Right. Uh, they're equally as important. Okay. Of the ventures that you've done, the hundred, the projects, the hundred or so, how many were successful according to that definition you just gave me? We don't stop until it's successful. Okay. There's no such thing as not successful. Okay. What leads to successful execution of a project? Leads to it. Yes. Uh, a good grounding, a good framework to start with. You don't just go and say, well, what if? You need to, you need to have a, a tight brief and a, and a solid idea of what you need to end with before you can start because otherwise you can come up with these amazing, whimsical, magical, incredible ideas that they don't fulfill the targets. Okay. What do you do that makes the project successful? What do you bring to the table? Um, well, it's the thinking differently. It's looking at things from a different perspective and not being willing to just go with the norm. Okay. Now, you said projects are always successful, but when a project is unsuccessful, <laughs> what do you consider the main reasons for failure? A lot of the time it's miscommunication. Mm-hmm that you go a certain route when thinking that it was, it was the correct one, everyone was on board, but there was a miscommunication somewhere and, okay. and, it, and it turned out wrong. And sometimes it's that, that whole thing that we spoke about, how it's scary to do things differently. So you start an amazing project and it's amazing. And actually, it's happened recently to us. Not saying it was a failure because we can't fail. You cannot not create the, yeah. the work that you might have not created in the way you wanted it to be. Okay. And it's happened recently where we came up with a very an amazing campaign. And two days before it was going live, the client got scared right. and made a lot of changes. Right. And, I mean, to them it's still successful. It's still done what it's needed to do, mm. but not in the way we originally hoped for it okay. to do. Okay. As a maverick, what are you afraid of? Not being able to do it again. Okay. I kind of Maverickism to wear off. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's a really good quote. Um, How important is team to you as a maverick? (laughs) I just said I can't let go. (laughs) No, teams are, you can't do anything by yourself. Okay. You can't. And not just, not, not, I don't mean it in in responding to emails and things like that because that's email day to day. You need different perspectives. You need people with different ways of looking at things. Otherwise, you get very stuck in yourself. Yeah. Does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership? Yes, because you want to instill the same ideals in others. Okay. How and where did you get your permission to be a maverick? I think in my in my place, because I'm not that founder I'm not in my space yes in the street store but not in my agency I think it's with the trust and the, the the belief that my bosses have in me okay so your bosses gave you permission to be a maverick 
Yeah, I think so. They they see that there's potential in a person and they really allow you to to be the person that you can be and they, they bring it out of you. That's amazing. You're the first person who said that. Most people I know left six-figure salaries because their bosses wouldn't let them. <laughs> so you need to tell your bosses that I said that. Okay? <laughs> and I've interviewed some massive companies, okay? Is being a maverick related to creativity? You touched on this yeah. before. And if so, how? Um, whether it's a creative industry, like advertising, or, as you said earlier, mining or anything, it's, it, creativity isn't colours and bells and whistles. Creativity is a different way of looking at an idea. It's a, it's a, it's a different mindset. And maverickism, if that's a word, is, is is having that different mindset. And you don't have to be able to make a poster that sings and dances and somehow tweets answers to your thoughts to be able to come up with a new way of mining or a new way of the print press. Okay. It's maverick. It's creative, but it's still technical. Okay. How is being a maverick related to innovation? What's the connect? Is there a connect? Yeah, it, it, it allows it. It's like a triangle. You can be creative. Being creative and innovative allows you to be a maverick. Excellent. Okay. Mavericks tend to be learners. What are you a student of? Um, you're constantly learning, especially in this industry. You're constantly learning because one day I'm working on Heineken, the next time I'm working on Virgin Active, the next time I'm working on Hollard Insurance. Um, and it's things that have nothing to do with me. I'm not a big beer drinker. Mm -hmm. I don't particularly like gymming. And I, have never, I don't even have life insurance. Mm -hmm. So you constantly have to learn about these different industries and the people who are interested in them and do need them in their lives. Right, Otherwise, okay. you're stuck advertising to yourself. Okay. And so it's constantly learning about all these different things and the people that go with them, as well as learning from your superiors, in my case, because they've been doing this for so long. They know so much. They're a wealth of information okay. and experience. Do you draw on other mavericks in any way? You learn from people. Like, you revere the big admin of the admin and woman of of the world because of the incredible creative thinking that they have and the way that they've looked at things completely differently. And I never thought I'd ever be able to do something like that. I never thought that I would be able to create something different. And it was only by seeing how others do it that you realize that there's a, that you can, you've yes. just got to let go. Yes. You just got to let go. Is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? Whose name jumped into your head when I said that? Um, two of my bosses are amazing. They're incredible people. Um, Mike Abel, the owner of MNC Saatchi Abel, CEO of MNC Saatchi Abel, he has built this business in four years. I mean, I read an article today. It was from zero million to 100 million in four years. And he's not a creative he's incredible and the work that he's done has been amazing he's built an agency of 200 people out of absolutely nothing um so from a business side there and then from the creative side my creative director 
has worked around the world and agencies all over the show, creating the most amazing, innovative work. And the fact that they can both trust myself and my partner and working and doing our thing shows what kind of people they are. Yeah. They're not just brilliant businessmen and creatives. They're brilliant people too. Okay. What do you have to suffer and sacrifice because you're a maverick? Um, you suffer from that fear I, of not being able to do it again. I think it's, it's a, it has affected me. I've recently suffered from insomnia. <laughs> I don't sleep very much um, because of that fear that I won't be able to do it again. Um, and what was the other part of the question? Oh, my question was just what do you have to suffer and sacrifice? And I think you sacrifice time. Okay. A lot of time goes into the work we do. What motivates you as a maverick? Ah, oh, the... It's addictive. Okay. It's addictive. Not just, not just the awards and because obviously advertising awards are great. Um, that is like our currency in the ad industry for jobs and this and that. That's what that's what we base things on and what you're judged on. And obviously that's amazing. Whew, you like winning those, but like it's changing things and it's yeah. changing people's attitudes and making them look at things differently, not just in the um, social kind of save the world way, but in every way. Yeah. How do we sell household insurance in an innovative way? That's what we've been working at. It's one of my okay. most recent things. And we've done it. We've come up with a completely different way of selling insurance. Okay. And I want to do that. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Is any part of being a maverick related to finding out who you are and what you're capable of? Yes. Um, and it changes all the time. Because you change all the time. Yeah. And everything that changes you. Yeah. Do you like being a maverick? I think so. I don't know. I was right. It's... Yeah. Is being a maverick a responsibility or important in any way? I think it's a responsibility to yourself, um, not to anyone else. Now that you've nearly finished the interview, on a scale of 1 to 10, how maverick are you? I don't know. Remember, this isn't in comparison to anybody else. This is you. No, it's, it's, it's hard to say because... I actually had this conversation with someone yesterday and the street store has snuck up on us in a way that it started so small. It was this little idea that happened literally on the street that I was pointing at down there and it exploded. And most, most ideas are little ideas, you know. Every idea started with a little idea. A little idea. And our agency believes it's our like mantras that we believe in the brutal simplicity of thought. Which doesn't sound very simple when you say it like that, but it's that simple ideas into the brain quicker and stay there longer. Yeah. It's everything that we do. I we get all these hundreds of emails and I'm sitting replying to emails from people from seventy so far, seventy two countries around the world. But because it's just happened, it's my norm. It's the norm for me. It's just it's just the way things are. And someone said to me, That is absolutely insane. 
like that's what's that's not in a bad way, in a positive way. And like it's crazy that you're having this experience and that you're talking to these people around the world. Who does that? No one does that. And I'm like, oh, right. Mm. And so to me, if I don't think about it, yeah, it's not. If, if I don't think about it, it's just it's just life. Yeah. But then when I really think about it, I'm like, oh wow, it really isn't maverick, as you say. It really is different. Mm. And so. I suppose I am, um, and I hope to carry on being. I think that's more important than okay. what I am right now. That's fair enough. What advice would you give to someone who feels they are a maverick so that they could be the best possible maverick they could be? Stop being scared of not trying. Um, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but you'll never know if you don't give it a bash. Excellent. How do you, oh, you've kind of answered this, but how do you promote and serve other people to be mavericks? Well, it's, it's inspiring people to, to look at things differently and make them realize that it doesn't have to be a global change. It's every single thing in your life you can look at differently, from relationships to work to everything that you do. Yeah. Possibly not driving to work because you can't do that naturally. No. You could try, but you might get pulled over. <laughs> How do you serve yourself to be a maverick? I think that it's just it's a passion and to be a maverick in the things you care about, not just being a maverick because it's what you think you're expected to do. Excellent. Because you can only be that passionate about something that you really love. Yeah. And I I love this thing. I love the street store. I love it. I know. I, I, I can tell. Um <laughs> What's your biggest ambition right now? My biggest ambition? It's a strange one um, because we are doing our employee, our reviews, our yearly reviews next week. And I was asked that exact question in my review um, to answer before I go in. And right now, it sounds, it sounds terrible because right now I'm content. I'm very happy in the space that I'm in and I've That's reached what I wanted to get to. Right. And now it's making sure that thing carries on working and carries on before moving on to the next step. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'd like to be a three-trick pony, but I need to make sure that my second trick is, is nice and solid before we get there. Yeah, okay. If you could have a superhero power, what would it be? Oh, I want to be able to move things with my mind, okay. including myself. Okay. Because I figured that if you can move stuff, then I can move me, so then I can also fly. Okay. So it's like a double thing. Yeah, okay. What do you do for fun? You're a maverick. What do you do? I also have um, I have a business called, it's, it's a series of food blogs. So there's food blog Cape Town, food blog Johannesburg, and food blog Durban, three of the main cities in South Africa. And it's myself and another partner of mine, and we have, it's like a directory, a restaurant directory um, and review site. So we have clients in all the different cities, and uh, we broadcast the information. And so I eat out a lot. I okay. eat a lot. Okay. And food is my, food is my third passion. Okay. So we've got advertising, we've got social responsibility, and we have food. Nice combination. You said you'd like <laughs> to mix it up. What would be one quote that defines you as a maverick? Yeah. This is 
this is, I don't know, it's always been a very a favorite quote of mine and it spoke to potential for me. And it's from a song, it goes, um, I hope in darkness we can see and you're not blinded by the light from me. And it's not about the fact that I believe that I have a light, but I believe that everyone can have a light yes. and that you can't be afraid of the darkness and all the, the negativity and the fear and, the, and the, the worry in your life because you must just let that light happen. Wonderful. Last question. Okay. What, what would you like to have been asked that I haven't asked you? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, if anything. No, nothing. <laughs> I'm not expectant in any way. Okay. So. <laughs> so, thank you for letting me interview you. I'm just going to turn the recording off. Thank you for interviewing me.